Zach Brown thinks Red Bull are cheaters, a ton of rookies will get their chance to drive F1 cars, and F1 drivers want to wet themselves. Howdy, boys! Let's jump the start! What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Star Racing Podcast. My name is Wellington. I'm here with Ruben, who you've already heard. Say hi, Ruben. What's going on, guys? Yancy. Hi. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the U.S. Grand Prix, doing a quick preview. Uh, also the cost cap penalty. Is it is it going to be a penalty? That, that whole issue with uh, Red Bull breaking the cost cap. The wet races, some driver proposals as to how to make them a little better, a little more palatable, uh, some testing, and what it would take to wrap up the Constructor Championship. Before we get started, guys, make sure to please follow us at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter. We're uh, also looking for you guys, I feel like I'm asking a lot, to drop a review on, yep. on uh, your favorite podcast platform. Jump to Start Racing Podcast at Jump to Start F1 on Instagram and Twitter once again. Ruben, how was your weekend, my man? <laughs> too short. Definitely too short. I keep asking and it keeps being my answer. Yancy, how was your trip to Cleveland? <laughs> Watching the Yankees. Home and away. Something. Um, Cleveland Rocks. is not a beautiful city. <laughs> Jesus. Um, definitely that, that's there. only Yancey's opinion, not Jump to Start Racing Podcast. <laughs> now, and the reason why I say this is because I've never really been to Cleveland. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, the picture that I sent you guys was in front of my big screen TV. Got. And as you can see, I was enjoying myself at home. Watching the Yankees play. Watching the, the Yankees Guardians. play the Guardians and game five tonight. It's already going as we record. So let's go, Yankees. All right, so let's jump into a little bit of news. So there is no, there's nothing new as far as the breach of the cost cap. You know, Williams, whatever, Aston Martin, whatever. Really, the concern is Red Bull, as they've actually won something recently, and they were. <laughs> 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 and they were a little bit more of a grievous uh, uh, breaking of the penalty. So there's, in reality, completely no new clarification. So the, FI, the FIA is currently still evaluating its next steps after announcing last week that Red Bull has breached last year's cost cap limit. Um, Do you guys think anything's going to happen? No. I don't think so. No. Nice and short answer. Zach Brown has urged the FIA to act at pace and come down hard on Formula One's cost cap rule breakers, declaring that overspending constitutes cheating. Duh. I mean, in the same article you shared, for context, two million is twenty-five to fifty percent upgrade to annual car development budget. It's like what we Sheesh. said. Is, I mean, we we mentioned this last time. So imagine seven million. If you are. <laughs> If you are putting forth a a development, especially in 2021, 
and I think it went towards the floor. Well, that's the rumor. That floor not only is good for this year, and obviously that Red Bull car is dominant, as we've seen, but it's also good for next year because the cars are being homologated, meaning that they're keeping the same bits that they have going into next year. Mm-hmm. So it gives you an advantage. That overspend has given you an advantage, not only for 2021, 2022, and 2023. How is that fair? When no other team overspent. No other team overspent. They were the only ones that overspent. Aston Martin got hit with a procedural violation. They were the only ones that overspent. And they won the Drivers' Championship last year. And are on track, based on overspending last year, that could have set them forward to winning the Constructors' Championship this year. Yes. Right, so uh, Zach Brown uh, states, I guess in the statement that they were re- released, we don't feel a financial penalty alone would be suitable penalty for overspend breach or serious procedural breach. There clearly needs to be a sporting penalty in these instances, and he proceeds to go ahead and outline it. Um, for context, like Ruben just said, two million is two million in overspend is twenty-five to fifty percent upgrade to annual car development budget. Uh, we believe there should be minor overspend sporting penalties of a 20% reduction in computational fluid dynamics time, CFD, and wind tunnel time. There should be These should be enforced in the following year to mitigate against the unfair advantage the team has and will continue to benefit from. Finally, given the financials involved, a 5% threshold for a minor overspend breach seems far too large of a variance. We suggest a lower threshold, 2.5% is more appropriate. Yo, did he listen to our podcast Last to year? make that letter? Maybe. Because pretty much the only thing that we did not say in our podcast was the the 5% thing that he mentioned here. Cutting down that threshold. Yeah. Right? Everything else, pretty much he went like almost hand-to-hand with I what we said. I think that's one of the... That, <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like Zach Brown. I yeah. think that's one of the... Um, I think that's probably one of the, 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 the best points that I've heard made is that 5% is too much. Right. Because it, it leads to too much of a gap... With a minor penalty, exactly, um, and it's at seven. What is it, seven million dollars? Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a lot of money. When they're saying that even an upgrade of half a million can make a car faster, right? So, so maybe even that two point five percent is too it's much. Probably yeah. Yeah, too much, yeah. So pretty much the penalty should be more. Yeah, I mean, meaning severe. that it, it, you know, I don't know. It, it's just too many. It's just, it, once you start looking at this, it just seems like it's it's a lot of things that it, it's not clear cut. There's a lot of things that you can within that you can get away with things. And then on top of that, if you're going to be transparent enough to impose any sanctions that come out of this anyways, because one thing that I'm getting frustrated is the lack of transparency from the FIA. Yeah. Like, all right, if the rules are clear-cut that they overspent by this much, why are we waiting to hear what the punishment is? Right. Right. All right, moving on to the next item, wet races in general. So we had a wet race in Singapore and we had a wet race in Japan, both of which were delayed, both of which went to a time completion. Yes. Like a Formula E race. Like a Formula E race. 
So F1 drivers have been discussing information laps as an idea to help at uh, rain-delayed races. So what they were talking about is instead of sending out the safety car, which is not even close to the machinery that these guys are driving Mm -hmm. around the track, send out all 20 drivers uh, in a situation in which they can assess how what the track is and actually properly relay information to the team so that they can make the appropriate decisions as well as relaying the information up to the race director. I think that's a good idea. Maybe not let all 20. You have to let all 20 teams to keep it fair, right? Or all 20 20 drivers. Mm -hmm. Or you can come up with a system where they alternate, you know, who goes out, who doesn't go out. Uh, Instead of having just one car, maybe two or three cars. Uh, There's ways around this. Yeah. I think that reading this article and... um, on motorsport they have a picture that illustrates the spray that comes off the safety car compared to the actual car the actual cars and if you look at that picture it's a a split on the top it looks like you know how you have in paint that you can uh that you can you know select a brush and, and select the color white it looks like somebody like literally whited out part of that picture when you see the amount of spray mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. going up behind those Formula One cars, going at that speed. Imagine driving through that. That's something that actually uh, Charlotte Claire had said. He said, I think it's a big problem with these cars is just the visibility. So whatever we can try to do to improve the visibility and minimize the spray, especially behind the cars, this will be hugely beneficial. I believe that sometimes we can actually run for conditions of the track, but just because of the visibility, because it's so dangerous being behind and you don't see anything, that we end up not running at all. So that was in a uh, article also on motorsport. This is uh, Verstappen makes wet F1 tire test offer to help. So he's saying that Verstappen was saying that he would offer up to test out new wet tires in which they, I guess they also asked Charles Leclerc what he thought, and it's really about the spray in his in his mind, which is exactly what Yancey was saying. Yeah, and also I think another thing that they have to do is that considering those conditions, depending on what the drivers say, um, mandate them to start on the wet tires instead of giving them a choice. Because that melee, especially that Carlos Sainz crash, could have ended up even worse because he could have been T-boned um, because they were all on intermediate tires. Those are the two changes that I think that they, sh- they that I feel that they should make. Yeah, but are the wet tires grippier right now or are they just... They're used- slower. They're, they're like a, they were like a second and a half slower. Okay. So if you were, even if you wanted to go on the wets, you would be so behind and and that was the issue. So they one Pirelli must reformulate that tire to not make it so slow and still displace the water. And if they can't do that, then uh, you know somebody has to step in and say these conditions. And this is this goes back to if Lewis Hamilton mentioned, I can go out there and within seconds driving around, I can tell you if it's safe or not to drive. So you send those drivers out. What are the conditions? And then. The FIA has to be able to be like, all right, we can race, but you got to run those wet tires, the the full wets instead of the intermediates. So you're not having these crazy accidents. 
dangerous accidents on top of that, especially in that spray. Right, and they're trying. The spray was crazy, by the way. Yeah, it was it's insane. They're trying to. You, did eliminate, you see that picture? Yeah, crazy. They're trying to eliminate the delayed start, so that would help eliminate the delayed start. Just yeah. a mandated. Okay, everybody's on wets. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, like that. That. Well, and we can get a full race in, you know, because I mean, if you look at look at a lot of the wet races before, I think the conditions were either similar or not. I did, the, the thing is that now, especially with these groundified cars, the that's, spray that's is where. insane. Because a lot of the air is going, that, that high pressure is going below the car. And then yeah. it's sprayed up through the diffuser. So that's what it is. Like the, since the aerodynamics have changed so much yeah. compared to like the 90s cars and stuff mm -hmm. like that, that's what causes the the spray to blow that way. Because yeah. obviously there was spray before because it was, it was not, they did not have a ways of direct the air so directly to certain areas of the car. Mm-hmm. Or how do you know how to move the air so that? And, and it was pretty bad last year with this this year's car. It's it's worse because of the ground effect. Yeah, I mean, just look at. I think probably the best camera angle right now is that helmet cam that they use, and I don't know who I think it was Carlos is Alonso, but just look at that view and you. Just picture yourself driving in these conditions in a regular car, and you'll be like, dude, I'm pulling over. Yeah. Imagine racing, going 150 miles an hour on a track. That's that's like a death wish. The spray was crazy. In Japan. Yeah. You couldn't see anything. I don't even like driving next to like certain vehicles, because uh, yeah, unlike the Cross Bronx, there's like too much too much water coming at me. I mean, if you're driving next to Ruben, you definitely crash. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anything else on the wet races? No, right? Austin's definitely going to be dry. Mexico's definitely going to be dry. Hope so. Yeah. Is Austin Brazil. definitely going to be dry? Maybe. Ta -ta -ta -ta. Um, it's Texas. So uh, testing is our next uh, item on the news here. So we see so we see a, a kind of a rush at the end of the season, kind of normally, to get some of these young drivers into the car to – one as required, and then two to make sure that these young potential Formula One drivers in the future get accustomed to your machinery. So you want to make sure that guys are uh, are testing for you. But now with the whole issue that went down with um, Colton Herta, mm -hmm. with the with the points, we want to make sure. Uh, I feel like the teams want to make sure that they get enough points under their belts to qualify for the super license. So we have uh, Theo Porcher. He's getting his first F1 practice outing for Alfa Romeo in Austin. Yeah. He's the one that's predicted. Well, that looks like he's about to win the F2. F2, F2 yeah. Yep. Uh, McLaren also reveals F1, FP1 sessions for IndyCar aces Paolo, uh, Alex Palou and Pato Award. So Pato Award, I think, was announced last year that he'll mm. be testing in Abu Dhabi. Didn't he test in Abu Dhabi last year as well? I think, I th I think he did. I don't know. No, no, no. I think he got a. He just got a. Uh, no, he, he didn't. A session in, in Barcelona is where he tested. Okay. He got. A but I think he. I think this is the. This is the one where it was uh, after the season. Where he got a. Where he got a victory, and then he got a victory in IndyCar. Yes, that's what. That's what it was. Zach yeah. Brown uh, gave him. Uh, gave him an FP1 session. My boy Zach. Yeah. Right. So Apollo will take part in FP1 at here again in Coda. 
uh, taking over Danny Ricardo's car, and Pato Award will take over Lando Norris's car car in uh, opening practice FP1 at the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. And then there's also, I don't know why he needs practice, but Pietro Filipaldi will be getting Haas F1 practice runs in Mexico and Abu Dhabi. I think this is also to fulfill the, to having a, uh, another driver. Like, do a young practice, driver. A young driver do two practice per year. I think well, it's it's different. I mean, Pietro Filipaldi is obviously uh, part of the, uh, the Haas F1 team. But it's different when you get to practice in a simulator than actually yeah. get real world experience. And um, or maybe he's being considered to drive for the. Nah, dude, for the he drive. was terrible when he he got to drive to replace Grosjean, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he was just whatever. He I don't think he. No, Sakir. Yeah, he did not. Yeah, it was two uh, years ago. Maybe he got better. He was no Nick DeVries, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but he was definitely no Nick Tifi. Yeah, <laughs> another uh, Nick. <laughs> Anything further to mention with this testing? Not really. No, it'll be good to see the. You know, it's good for them because they get they get to test, but the results are, like nobody really pays attention, so it doesn't really matter to yeah. us, man. All right. Lastly, as far as uh, the last item before the race preview, just the uh, constructors championship remains open. Um, what? Red Bull needs to be able to close it out. So they currently lead Ferrari by 165 points. They need to they need to expand that lead over Ferrari to the point where um sorry. 20 more formal points or anything? Yeah. Like 24 more points. Yeah. Essentially. Actually I'm no, sorry? 26. Can you repeat? No, wait, wait, I'm sorry. You're confusing me here. So Red Bull's current advantage over Ferrari is 165 points. There's a there's 191 points available now for grabs. Yeah, yeah. up for My grabs bad. now. That's what I'm confused. There's after the race at the USGP. There's only 147 mm-hmm. left. Basically academic at this point. Wow. So that's why I mentioned the the 26 points is supposed to be now, mm-hmm. because if they they go above 191 over this week and they win over you know. The, the construction that's it but if they don't then they would you know you keep changing the formula as well for the, the one you just mentioned to the other the other set of points 140 something right? meaning mm-hmm. if the gap is more than 191 yeah okay so you need if they, overall the rebels results are over 26 points this weekend they they win the construction as well I'm glad we, we know that because last weekend no, so no they, so when need, you think they need clinch? to be at 147 they should be able to clinch this week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see the Ferrari fan. Wow. Damn no, so man. if they leave this race leading by 147 points, they win. Gotcha. Great. <laughs> no, I think they, this uh, kind of information that we're, that, we're, that we're doing now, they should be, I think, more a little more clear so people won't be as confused as what happened like pretty much at the end of Japan. Oh, you won. Oh, but oh, that oh. was that was just, they weren't clear on their own world. I feel like that, yeah. that was really as far as the, the fractional points, partial points, I should say. Okay. Yeah. Any thoughts, Yancy? I see, I see the uh, game. <laughs> we got second place. <laughs> Yay. You're the first loser. Well, I'll tell first you what, loser. considering, uh, yeah, <laughs> 
Considering the way the season's gone for Ferrari, they definitely deserve a second place. And honestly, they're lucky they got a second place. They're yeah. just lucky that Mercedes didn't. They're struggling that much. Stronger, or struggle yeah. that much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely Ferrari's a number two. Anyway, race number two. <laughs> race preview time, the U.S. Grand Prix back in Austin. I'm excited for it. Go ahead, Ruben. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? No! <laughs> Your voice doesn't match the words. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited for no, it. I'm, I'm, no. I'm excited. It's because... Instead of like, I'm excited. No, you, you know what it is? Is actually exactly. How was your weekend, Ruben? Too short. The problem is that the FIA kind of robbed us of the celebration last week. There's kind of really, as far as the drivers' championship, okay, who cares? It's done. So then now the constructors' championship to just talk about it now and be like, oh, it's pretty much a done deal. Yeah, it's like okay, this this is cool, but like yeah, but you know it. It's been a done deal for a while, I think. It's just when are you gonna clinch it? Um, nah, trivia now. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, which current F1 driver made his debut in the U.S. Grand Prix in '07? Current F1 driver. Yes. Made his a debut in '07 mm-hmm. in the, the U.S. US Grand, Prix. Grand Prix. Daniel Ricciardo. That that was too young for Danny Ricardo. Yeah. Hmm. Oh seven. Yep. There's only Kevin Magnuson. <laughs> Sebastian Vettel. Really? Yeah. He made his debut in 07, 07 in the U.S. Wow. Grand Prix. Hell of a year to de- debut. I think he did it with a BMW. It was like a BMW car that he was driving. Williams BMW. Oh, man. Wow. doesn't seem like 07 was that long ago, but it was a long time ago. Okay, go ahead. Can you name the only American F1 driver to win at home soil, meaning in the U.S.? Mario Andretti. He got that, yeah. I didn't even want to say that because it seemed like it was too easy. Like a trap, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, my why, that's why I paused. <laughs> yeah? It was that easy? No, no, no. It's just, it's one of those things that it could be a curveball. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, last year, this was a track where, um, where Zach Brown let Danny Ricardo, I guess, pay in debt or whatever, you know, get the gift of driving his 1984 NASCAR winning car. The Earhart's car. <laughs> that was the answer. <laughs> 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 Can you name the trial? Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's all I got. That's three. That's, dude, come on. Are you kidding me? Come on. Yeah. What does what am I what did I miss? Come on. Da, da, the da, US da. has a rich history. What okay. US Grand Prix has a rich history. You can, yeah. you need I thought you were gonna ask the question what was uh what was the uh what was the name of the hotel? <laughs> not the, not the last was the U.S. Caesar Palace. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would have been, been easy too. Question myself. That would have been super easy. It was the win. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Now that you said that, mm. I just thought about a question right now, but I, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Go Can ahead. you tell me the driver that at the end of that race started to push his car to the end to the finish and pass out? Passed uh, out? And, yeah. And during... Uh, during the Chiswick Grand Prix. 
I don't know the answer. Whether I don't he know. might have been Brazilian. Was it? Was it? Uh, you think it was Senna? No, no it wasn't Senna. It might have been uh, PK. It could have been. I don't know. I just thought about that now when you mentioned Sister Pat. I was like, wait a minute, but I remember the guy pushing the car now. So that would have been a nice answer. A question, my bad. Yeah, Sorry. From history? History, of course. So the U.S. Grand Prix is full of history, mm. just like the guys mentioned earlier, dating back to like the early 1900s, where um, there were obviously a bunch of tracks. We we uh, back then there was one here in Long Island that that were uh, that was used for just for pretty much just circuit racing and stuff like that. It was just pretty much like the way it was done all over the world, like on rough tracks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But obviously, we're known. Mostly also for the Indy 500 that's celebrated here in the U.S. And also F1 did race there as well. Um, we also had F1 races at, here in New York in Watkins Glen. It's about, I don't know, a four-hour drive from, from New York City. Uh, I was in, during the 80s, F1 moved to different venues, went to Long Beach. They went to Las Vegas, Detroit, Arizona. And after mishaps and poor attendance, which is not happening now, F1 dif- disappeared for 10 years and it came back. In 2000, to the modified oval at Indianapolis, and we also remember part of history with the tire fiasco, which is one of the. I had that question last year. I didn't want to use the question again this year. <laughs> 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 um, then, in, obviously, in 2012, F1 got a new home at the U.S. Grand Prix, which is Coda. Um, um, designed by the same guy as always, Herman Tilke. <laughs> Boy, Tilk. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> it was at a cost like $400 million, by the way, to freaking do this track. Uh, Hamilton is the most successful driver. He also has clinched the title here twice, 15 and 19. Ferrari is the most successful constructor here with nine. With nine wins at quarter, by the way. Mercedes is the only team to have won more than once at quarter. Oh, Ferrari back. has nine wins at Coda? No, in the U.S. No, I mean, not only oh, in the Coda. US. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was about to say. Jesus, since when? Coda is only one of five anti-clockwise tracks on the current calendar, which is back to Singapore, Abu Dhabi, and Brazil. And last year, over the three-day weekend, there was an F1 record, by the way, with over 400,000. Jeez. Sadly, it was broken this year by Australia. It might get broken again. With 419. They added extra... What do you call that? Grandstands? Extra grandstands mm-hmm. for this weekend because they're expecting USA. Yep. USA. <laughs> they're expecting more, more, more people to show up. That's all I got for this one. So yeah, another brief US Grand Prix history. That Grand Prix was in Dallas. It was Nigel Mansell. Oh, that was a Dallas one. Yeah, I was gotcha. in Dallas. It was a hundred degrees that day. A ton of cars retired with either engine problems or, or tire wear. Um he hit a wall and then tried, and then I think in the last lap, and he tried to push, push the car, to, push the to, car the to the finish line, and he collapsed. Kiki Rosberg actually wound up winning that race. Kiki, nice. Yeah. love me. So, guys, some news leading into the race. Corda renames the final corner after Mario Andretti. They're calling it the Andretti. It is the tight left-hander um, right before the main straight, I guess, to honor the... Um, Winning the American driver. When you're playing that, only F1 American champion. When you're playing this track at, at the F1 and PS5 or PS PlayStation, if you miss that corner, it's pretty much like the straightest like messed up for you. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> it's a very difficult. So Andretti enjoyed success across many disciplines of racing, including IndyCar, NASCAR, and Formula One. 
and stands as the most recent American to win the F1 title. You guys know the year? The uh, most recent 1978. American. Yes. Because you have it open. <laughs> no, I don't. I just remember. I was trying to think. I was, thinking when I, was mm-hmm. I was far off. I was going to say 60-something. 44 years ago. That's the... Uh, American. Oh, because I was, I, I was reading uh, an article. He was actually driving an F1, a McLaren F1 car, along with Pato Award, who was driving the MP44 wow. in uh, Laguna Seca. I think it was this weekend. The dude is like 90 years old. He's still driving a Formula track. 1 car. Yeah. Uh, so I had up its 10th Grand Prix this weekend in Austin. 82. What? No, he's 82. Wow. Wow. Jesus. That's insane. So aside from that, the Mercedes F1 team is bringing in some aero, aero updates, aerodynamic updates, and some weight-saving items. The car has been some 10 kilograms over the limit since the start of the year, so they're hoping that these final upgrades will bode well going forward into the future, meaning next year. They, they don't they have no response? idea what to do with the car. Yeah. <laughs> they have no idea what to do with the car. Any thoughts on uh, the change? Real, real quick, the do you think name? that the side pods, the, the zero pods will make a return next year? I mean, we'll, we'll keep going next year. Ruben, that's your team. They sell for grabs. <laughs> they sell for grabs. Let's see you? how the car behaves this weekend. How about you, our resident engineer? So obviously we don't have all the data in front of us, but I think that really the question becomes, are they noticing a very big difference aerodynamically between their car and say a a, a car that they have a close partnership with like an Aston Martin or a Williams who do have the side pods in particular, Mm -hmm. the Aston Martin who is, I don't, obviously you can't share this information, Mm -hmm. you have to. There's got to be a way to... But you can extrapolate just based on performance. Based on like their speed through corners and stuff like that. Is there a big aero difference in which you should spend that money to go a different direction or does it make sense to make it work? So yeah, the the McLaren, the Aston Martin and Williams, their side parts have actually gotten bigger throughout the year. So that should tell you something. Yeah. Right? So they... Based on that information, they should be looking to introduce it. But they've only ever been competitive. It's kind of like um, the McLaren from a few years ago where it was the GP2 engine. They were competitive in Monaco. They were competitive. Monaco. Right. Were Monaco, Hungara Ring, yeah. in Singapore, the tight street circuits. So mm-hmm. if that's where you're at, you're not in good shape. Right? Yeah. Because they used to, those tracks, they used to be like, okay, we'll just lose these freaking tracks and we'll do we'll kill everybody in all the other tracks. So. How much the car has changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to be able. Uh, we've seen, and I think we've seen it this year, and we've seen it in the previous years when Mercedes is winning. If you're not fast on the straights, they need to up the speed in the straights. Yeah, yeah. They, you 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 can't defend yourself even if you're quick through the corners. So, and especially with these cars that can follow better, you need to be fast on the straights. So they need to fix that. I feel like in general, a lot of teams are going back to. Not the full drawing board or erasing a lot of stuff, but based on, like, for example, you have Ferrari that a quick one lap, but then, mm-hmm. like, just does not have the race pace. I don't know if like, we could attribute that to only their engine. Mm-hmm. But we'll well, it's also a, a, a drag also. Correct. And how much drag you're, you're generating. I think one of, the, like, one of the things that you have to look at as well, going back to the same statement that I made, look at how good Alpine's car is. 
An Alpine car is, I mean, it's not the quickest on the straight, but it's fairly quick compared to all the midfield cars. And it's decent through the corners. Dude, so. it, it, at this point, it's pretty much wrecking the, the Mercedes. Yeah. Their, their car has developed very well. Remember, they were only sometimes good on, 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 uh, on fast tracks. Yeah, on, on the straights. Yeah. So they were only good on those kind of tracks. Now they're like overall, in every track, they're fighting I, I the Mercedes. I feel like this is the story of... Alpina, and then going back to Renault every single year, right? <laughs> I feel like they get they, you excited. They, no, 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 but they get, yeah, they get you excited. They get really good at yeah, the like end of the, the season, season yeah. and then they just are nowhere at the start of the next well, season. It's kind of like um, what Red Bull was doing uh, when Mercedes was dominating. Yeah. And I think it was in 2017 where they started off, 2017 they started, Twenty no, it was 2016, that um, Ferrari was running in second place in the constructors for most of the season, and and then in the final few races, Red Bull was, uh, you know, actually came back and beat Ferrari for a second place in the constructors, and that's where the you know at the beginning of twenty seventeen, um, everybody thought that the battle was going to be between Mercedes and Red Bull, and then Ferrari came out came up with a car, and that was they were actually the challenger. But even at the end of that season and, and the previous few seasons, Red Bull used to come on at the end um, very strong. And I think when they made the switch to make sure that the car was right at the beginning, and that's what, this was last season, um, that's when things started turning around for them. You have to have a good car all throughout the season. It can't be just yeah. at the end. It just can't. No, no. It, it, the, the Red Bull car, for the situations that we're coming to, it's always behaved very well, so it's almost pretty much. Yeah. Well, Mexico, we'll always, they, they always killed Mexico. You know, they always. Yeah. To Wellington's point, we've seen this before from Renault slash Alpine. They 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 give you hope, and then all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. It. What was it? Eighteen or nineteen? That uh, they were killing. They were killing Red Bull. It was eighteen. They were killing Red Bull in Baku. I was like, wow, Renault is is really on. <laughs> what, what's good about it was Hulkenberg and Hulkenberg and. Uh, and signs, <laughs> yes, yeah. They well, they, now they have two young, experienced drivers uh, driving for them next year. Let's see what they can do. So you're talking about Alonso now? No, no. That's my Jesus. <laughs> All right. Uh, Prediction. Old experience driver. <laughs> Predictions for the U.S. Grand Prix. I. This is a true American style track, meaning it's just straight power. Straight mm-hmm. power straight dominates. S's. No. I think there's only maybe one slow corner. I think this is a yeah, I th- yeah, and it's no, the last that, one. Yeah, no, uh, no. then the, the the straight the, the, the right the, off of the start yeah, the, finish. The hairpin. Well, there's two hairpins, but yeah, it's just when be one or two slow corners. So, I think it's a Red Bull one two. Uh, as far as the race, Red Bull one two, with uh, George Russell third. Hey. Whoa! Hey, hey, Hello. I think that. Uh, I think that Max will be pole position with Charles Leclerc second. Hey. Carlos Sainz third. Yeah, two slow corners. Turn 11 and turn 1. Yeah, your predictions makes a lot of sense. Because I think the Ferrari... We got to actually keep track of these things. I feel like we should... We should <laughs> no, because Ferrari is like either we got to wait where, where Ferrari is going to be Ferrari again, meaning where they're going to beat themselves. And that's where they lose positions, and that's why he. I think that's why he got the, the Joe Russell third, 
So I kind of agree with that because I don't think Hamilton's going to get third. Of course you're going to agree with that. You're a Mercedes fan. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Okay. Uh, no, I think Leclerc <laughs> gets Paul. Leclerc gets Paul. Leclerc gets Paul, Max second. It'll be close between them. Um, And uh, I think Sainz comes in third. Uh, Perez will be fourth in qualifying. He's just not as good as a qualifier. I don't think that the Mercedes is going to do well on this track, to be honest with you. Um, who wins the race? Max, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, that car, a long distance running, it beats any car on the grid, and they'll beat them by far. I think Leclerc comes in second, and um, Perez third. Who you said second? Leclerc. Nah, definitely. I think it's going to be a qualifying is going to be pretty much a tussle between Max and and Leclerc, but I think Max is going to take pole. Leclerc's going to be second. Who else? we got to put science because if you put Paris, Paris is not a good qualifier. Like the same no, he never has been a good qualifier. Yeah. So then for the race, definitely Rebel 1-2. Ferrari's still going to be Ferrari, so they're not going to be in, in, in the podium. <laughs> so, You're such a hater, bro. <laughs> no, but it's, you know, in every race, well something in happens. the past few races. But always, there's always something. <laughs> there's always something. And this one being a power track, I don't know. I think... There's a little f- few hidden ghosts inside the Mercedes, uh, yeah. the Ferrari car that's going to... Why? Come on. What would make you even think that? Come on. Leclerc says... No, when I say hidden ghosts, it's meaning there's something going to happen to them because they... Ferrari just cannot pull it together, well, you know, 100%. Leclerc says something last week that I think, um, and, and I think they're on the right track. They know already that they're obviously not going to win any of the championships. But I think the last few races is going to be them basically trying to get their racecraft in order, meaning their pit stops, how they call the race strategically. Um, And I think it seems like he is taking the lead and saying, all right, we got to get better in order for us to challenge for a championship. Mm -hmm. We obviously have a good car. It's just, you know practice but real time and these are the only opportunities that they have and i'm hoping that they get their act together because honestly this championship should have been a lot closer and the only reason that ferrari can point why they didn't win the championship or compete for the championship Mm -hmm. is because of themselves and nobody else because the car is definitely good enough especially at the beginning of the year yeah I agree with you, but they still have to be rebel. <laughs> and rebel just isn't another level right now with that car. Well, now it is. Yeah. I mean, look how close they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And then we don't know if a Red Bull overspent this year either. They probably did too. <laughs> and they'll get away with it again. Oh, man. Anything else, boys? It's race week. Yeah. Race week, it was a short, It was there was no news. Everybody yes. fell asleep. I think the bulk of the news came out last week with the whole cost cap situation. Yeah. We'll see what, I mean, it's still early in the week. We'll see. You know what I said? I said there was no news this week. He's like, ah, I think the bulk of the news. Yes. Well, that's last, <laughs> but that's what he's exactly what you said. <laughs> in a different way. Exactly. At Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> Make sure to follow us, like, subscribe. Jump to start recent podcasts. If you haven't left a review, please leave a review. That's how we are found. I'd like to see Wellington's frustrated face. 
Yeah, well, it's here. T- today, the, the king of frustration faces. Um, <laughs> on that note, guys, it's race week. Yep. Enjoy the U.S. Grand Prix. It's time, too. 3 p.m. For us. In New York City. Yep. I guess 3 p.m. Eastern time. Everybody we finally get a... Complaining. Good. <laughs> 9 p.m. Nine enjoy. PM. And I don't care. <laughs> we get up early every week. Yep. Cry me a river like Justin Timberlake. Peace. <laughs> okay. I even go. <laughs> go ahead. What's no, no. <laughs> On that note, see you guys next week. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>